There's a lot that goes on in that brain. I'm assistant cop here! It's time for Tazi's Take. On In The Zone. So this is the debut of the 4 p.m. Tazi's Take. Without just being spoon-fed breaking news about my New York football giants. So yesterday didn't count because it was too easy? It was a layup. I mean, every, yeah. I mean, I was reacting in real time, and even though I didn't know the exact figures yet, I, I do applaud myself for you know, using the caveat of, all right, $40 million a year is crazy, but if they are able to balance out that contract to where they can still do things this offseason to where that number is $19 million, I don't hate it as much, and it. We since found out that the cap hit is 19 million this year, so everybody needs to calm down. They can cut them after a couple of years. Mike Janetti talked about the funny money on the back end, so that's why I uh, I try and never react. It's Isn't so it easy to overreact to contracts. I I have a very simple rule in my life. I will not overreact until I talk to Mike Janetti. Right. That's the good way to do it. I mean, I saw buddies of mine commenting on, like, Nick Wright's post blowing up about how it's bad business for the Giants Ugh. doing this. Oh, All- he's paid more than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, no, like, he's not. like, the headline is $40 million a year, but it's like, well, not really. You can do creative <laughs> things in the NFL. So when I first saw that, four for 160, I was like, well, wait, wait, hold on. I thought Joe Shane was more responsible than this. And then I eventually found out that he was more it's responsible. It's a very responsible contract. It, it it turns out it's not bad. I mean, if you get stuck with him for years in three and four, then it's going to be an albatross against the cap. But I think, they, and you know, there's restructuring. You can cut him, bring him back. I, I trust. In Shane, Joe Shane, we trust. Well, it's funny. Before today, before I got to the studio, get a text from Mike Bianchi. Uh, Tazi's take today. How to bet the World Baseball Classic in the CONCACAF. Is that how you say it? The CONCACAF. CONCACAF Champions League. Now, that would be funny. And I responded with that. I mean, I would love to, but I don't know how to bet. I mean, if I knew how to bet, I would uh, I would probably start a betting podcast. And I really don't bet anymore, but I will say that I tuned in for some of Cuba versus Netherlands last night, and it was great seeing Didi Gregorius, Xander Bogarts, Kenley Jansen's a part of the team. Uh, Netherlands got a couple guys. They got they got a couple guys. So uh, I just get a always case. fear the Dutch. Fear the Dutch. I mean, don't ever sleep on the Dutch. Top five of the whites. <laughs> well, they're not even necessarily the whites. It's a bunch of different things that categorize as as the Dutch. Uh, got to see Panama work Chinese Taipei uh, this morning, and uh, Mariano Rivera threw out the first pitch to former Yankee forgotten starter who had a really nice sinker baller back in the day, Chen Ming Wong. So. I enjoy having these games on. We get uh, Australia and Korea at 10 p.m. tonight on FS1. Panama versus Netherlands at 11 p.m. on FS2. So that's your... Uh, Boy, if I'm up at 11 <laughs> o'clock at night watching FS2, that Celsius hit me way too hard before the show. I know, right? I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna try. I, I enjoy- Are you really? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not going to not go to sleep because I need to see the end of the game unless suddenly I get back into wagering, which... I'm tempted to do. I would be 2-0 and so far, which is kind of hurting my soul. But speaking of getting back on the betting books, the main topic I wanted to kind of talk about uh, in, in this version of the Tazi's Take is uh, I'm trying to find the next St. Peter's. I'm trying. Okay. I'm digging. I haven't been a great college basketball fan yet this year. This could be a series of events until we get to tournament time. But I uh, did some preliminary digging based on what I've seen in highlights. I've gone to, by the way, if you want a good layout about what teams are good at that will be in the uh, NCAA tournament, NCAA statistics site 
They got it where you rank in the nation in every single possible basketball category. Mm-hmm. It's like even if you haven't seen this team play, you can get a good feel, you know, what they're actually excelling. I have a question before you get All going. All right, let's do it. I'm going to try and contribute as much as I possibly can to this segment because I don't know I don't know how to react to some of these teams. Yeah. So you have been doing on the side, you have been doing some freelance work for prep services with for college uh, basketball. For college basketball. Now, I know you've been working primarily with HBCUs and teams yes. that aren't going to end up in the NCAA tournament, but, the way, but you have learned how to prep differently because of the service that you work for. Do you feel like you're better at looking for the right statistics yeah. now? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can get yourself into trouble, too. It, it Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I usually, as I'm getting all this uh, statistics together, I'm like, all right, this is probably how this game's going to play out. This team's good at this. This team can't, you know, defend that. And then usually it does pan out that way. But, look, if it was that easy, you know, I'd be living in Vegas. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, a couple teams that just had me interested is uh, Drake. They actually had a pretty nice season last year, and uh, I think they fell short. But this year, they're uh, top 30 in three-point percentage they're in, in defending the three and hitting the three. They're top 20 in free throws, which you know makes, which is uh, important. Getting to the line, making your free throws, especially in the month of March. I mean, college basketball, it's like if you take care of the ball, can knock down some threes and grab boards, you know that it sometimes gets it's not more complicated than that. No, take. I mean, it's easier said than done. To you have do. to have a you have to have a hot shooter. Yeah, you yeah, know, someone like that. And they just beat up on Bradley to win the Missouri Valley mm. Conference, seventy-seven to fifty-one. And Bradley was considered uh, one of the better defensive teams, I believe, top forty in the nation. So people had uh, hopes for the Bradley Braves and Drake. I mean, the name Drake, you know, there's got, at some point it could be a theme, and I can hear Drake songs playing as yeah. a theme. And more. you got to look for these narratives ahead of time, folks. <laughs> I don't know if it's really going to play out that way. Yeah, like if you knew this, that St. Peter's was called the Peacocks ahead of time, maybe you would have thought differently about picking <laughs> well, them in your bracket. Well, that's the thing. I mean, a 15 seed, first of all, playing Kentucky, who a team, you know, everybody's got respect for Calipari and, and them, even... They're better at producing pros than making runs in the tournament. It kind of turns out over over time we're finding out, but nobody had them. And I'm trying to find, you know, the team that's kind of slipping through the cracks. Uh, Char- the College of Charleston. I've been briefed on by wow. a lot of my buddies who are tied in. Uh, they're fourth in the nation in bench points. They did win the CAA. They're 11th in rebound margin, second in three point attempts, 11th in makes. So a team that can chuck them and make them. Always dangerous. They got to be on if they're going to be able to make a run. 15. Oh, I found a really good list here: men's mid-major top twenty-five, and you've nailed a couple of these yeah. teams already. I mean, Charleston this, is four, Drake is six. This is just a few of the teams. I think we have more to go. Um, quick note: Fairleigh Dickinson University in New Jersey, they go ahead and lose to Merrimack in the NEC final. But Merrimack is not able to play in NCAA tournament because of a reclassification rule where they come from, I believe, D2. And oh. that first year, you're ineligible, which is ridiculous. Why yeah. even play the game? I don't know. That doesn't annoying. make any sense. I'd never heard of this. I mean, I don't think one of those teams will be the teams that make noise. In all honesty, just wanted to throw that in there. Southeast Missouri State. I mean, if I don't know if any listeners tuned into this game against uh, Tennessee Tech. But I kind of even liked how Tennessee Tech looked 
Tennessee Tech gets, uh, they're down, I believe, two. They throw the home run pass in the final seconds, hit a fadeaway shot. The foot apparently was on the line, but at the time they didn't know that, so they celebrate like they won the game. Southeastern Missouri State is crying. Like, they think their season is done because they just allowed a three at the buzzer, and they review it, and end, and it goes to overtime in Southeastern Missouri State, a team with the fortitude to uh, end up going to overtime and winning that game. So they're going to the dance? They're going to the dance. I mean, you look at their rankings, and it's not very special. The only thing I could really find is their top 20 in rebound margin. They're so, not in the top 25 of the men's mid-major <laughs> A list that I'm looking at yes. updated as of two days ago. So they might be a team to fade. Like they just, they'll be happy they're there and just get absolutely pulverized by, by that their sounds, opponent. It does sound like a 16 seed. Well, I don't know if they're 16. I think they'll be like a fifth, or 14 or 15. And we're trying to look at uh, the next, the next St. Peter's here. And if I know what any St. Peter's, they were a 15. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, you t- you know. It's I just think, so hard because it's so rare that that kind of thing well, happens. Well, deep seeds win, but that deep of seeds don't always win. Florida Gulf Coast was the last, I believe, 15 seed to really make some noise, and they were mm. dunking on people. It was a lot of fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, Dunk City. That was great. Dunk City. I was in Vegas for it. People were on it. We weren't. We're, we got on it, like, too late. <laughs> Everybody else was like... Slapping five, betting the farm on on FGCU. I, I remember people you know, when I I graduated high school in uh, 2003 down in South Florida, and I remember some of my friends went to FGCU. This was years before they blew up in the tournament, and I'm like, where the hell is that? And I yeah. had not. I remember them telling me they were going there, and then the next time I heard of FGCU, they were dunking on people. And I'm like, oh, they had friends that went there. Vibes. Yeah, yeah. no, we, we we did not. Luckily, we didn't fade them. That would have been the worst if we're getting dunked on by them and we're actually betting against them. Right. But we just didn't. It was a blind spot, so I never want that to happen. I mean, last year, I think I ended up forcing every underdog but St. Peter's, so it's like you get caught up. But if I know anything about the committee and I see like a team like Southeast Missouri State, and I don't I don't know if they're going to end up doing anything, but they're top 20 in rebound margin. They'll find like a team to match them up with that rebounding is like the last thing they do well. They kind of try hmm. and and troll. Like Really? They, you think that that's uh that's a formula? And I, I don't know if that's how it'll end up with Southeast Missouri State, but based on how they pick most of their matchups, they usually make it so it's like, well, this team's the higher seed, but this team's really good at that, and they're not as good in that category. That's brilliant. You have to look at these things, and I'm always smiling. And the the years that I'm really locked in on college basketball, I'm like, man, if this team and this team get in, like, I'm on them. And then they're always matched up playing each other. And I'm like, Mm. darn it, now I have to pick between them. It it just is crazy. Uh, Furman, another team. Yep. They won the Southern. Furman is ninth on the men's mid-major top 25. Furman is nice. I mean, well, based on the statistics, top 10 in assist-turnover ratio, that's a responsible team. Yeah, you I know, like that. They're not going to beat themselves. Top 11 scoring offense, top 11 effective field goal percentage. A team like that, like I'm wondering how low of a seed they'll even be. Maybe like a, a, a 12, 11, 12. Nah, 11's probably too high. I think Rutgers would be lucky to get in as 11, maybe a 12-13. Give me Fur. I'm Furman, riding with 13, Furman. Calling it now, Furman's the 13 seed. Furman's got like a really cool name too. Ah, what was it? I want to find it real quick. It's I a- love the. I love everybody gets excited about the 12 over the five. No, 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 no. The 13 over the four. Something about is it. where you make your money. Something about it. Furman Paladins. Go Paladins. Yes, I'm ready for it. Next question. 
Yes. Where is Furman? Oh, I don't know. Okay, they're in the southern. I mean, they're in the southern. They got to be in the south. Let's see. Where is Furman? South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina. Hmm. That's a beautiful place. Yeah, Frank Underwood vibes. No. <laughs> uh, Oral Roberts. I mean, they were the team I picked out of the haystack a couple yeah. years ago. Max Asmus is still there. Top five and three attempts and makes. Top ten in assist turnover ratio. Uh, they lost Kevin O'Banner to Texas Tech last year. He was like the second guy in line there. But my buddy texted me last night that they got a sidekick. They got a new guy. So that kind of ends round one of the mid-major previews. I feel so much better. I'm so glad you did this. And, and we're going to try and do this maybe not for every day of Tazi's Take because something like the Daniel Jones news could pop up and I might go there. But uh, we'll, we'll try and uh, tackle these mid-major teams one at a time. And, you know, when one of these teams break through in the tournament, be like, ah, the top ten in, in assisted turnover ratio. That's right. It's a sign. Oh, I'm going to be more prepared. Even though I feel ill-prepared, I'm going to be more prepared this year to fill out my bracket and to explain it properly than ever before. Yeah. I really think so. I can't wait. I mean, it's always a good time on, on radio or podcasting, and I'm going to watch my fair share of John Rothstein and CBS Sports coverage on Selection Sunday. I'm supposed to get on a conference call with my college basketball friends. I'm going to have them update me so uh a conference call conference that is call. official yeah maybe even a zoom call no that's the way to do it if you're gonna go conference call y'all uh, ought to see each other's faces <laughs> these people are plugged in I, i'll uh, tell you that's great to hear tazi's take i, I think uh, i'm two for two at the four o'clock hour right doing great honestly two for two a plus all right i rue the day oh. that i have to give you a d friend friend <laughs> of the show Adrian says, Zonehead's Bracket Challenge, I'll, if I create one, will y'all promote it? I mean, that sounds like uh, an obvious thing that we must do, right? Zonehead's yeah. Bracket Challenge. I think we we probably should come up with that ourselves. I think there might be something that we're doing, but if not, yeah, we'll definitely uh, go ahead, tee it up. Adrian, friend of the show, Adrian, you go ahead, Yeah, since we haven't thought of it first. I like first it. To the party. I got a lot going on. I trust yeah. Adrian. He'll do it right. Kevin Cole from the Unexpected Points podcast chimes in on the biggest and best performers from the NFL Combine and some info on what actually matters at the Combine after this.